It is good to be back on Search the Scriptures today with all of our listeners. We appreciate you tuning in to this program, and we pray that you are realizing that you're learning the Bible by so doing. Boy, that's our goal, to help you learn God's Word better so that you can become better equipped to deal with what His will is for your life. And that will is communicated to you right through His Word. We hope that you're coming closer and closer to being able to make the right choice as to what you're going to do about what God wants you to do with your life. And we pray that this program is helping you along that way in a very positive direction. We pray for you, we care about you, and we strive again to teach the Bible in a way that you can understand that makes sense for your life. We dig deep, we look at it in detail. We don't just do a surface level kind of study. We we uh, don't just scratch around in the surface a little bit. Uh, we pull out the shovels and we really start to dig. And we hope that you appreciate that. And we know that many of you do because we hear from you. And we'd love to continue to hear from you. Uh, we'd love to hear from you along the line that you have questions or comments. But also, if you'd like to receive a copy of this program or any of the programs on Search the Scriptures, we'll send them to you on CD. They're absolutely free. We always love to send that Bible study out that we talk about every day, and it is free as well. And we take care of the postage. We don't want you to send us anything for any of these things. We don't charge people to learn the Bible. We just want to help them learn the Bible. So have a pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. We'll get that information to you at the end of the program today. It's always a blessing for me to be here to study along with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. I am certainly pleased to be with you on the program today as well and feel blessed in my life to be part of this ministry. Really, I'm so glad to have the opportunity to share the gospel with so many people over the radio and not just the radio. Uh, as we've said many times, this program is also available on our website virtually anywhere in the world. And what an encouragement that is to realize we may be impacting lives around the world and not just in a regional area. And you know, you think about the choices that we all have to make on a daily basis, and we're faced with so many of them. It seems like more on an ongoing basis, really. So many of those seem important to us at the time. Where am I going to go to school if I'm going to continue with a college education after being graduated from high school? Who am I going to marry? What kind of a job am I going to be involved in? What civic organization should I participate in? Where am I going to live? You know, all of those things and so many more choices that seem so important to us and yet there's one choice that takes precedent over all the others, and that is, what am I going to do with God? That choice, above all others, will impact our eternity, and we need to make the right choice. And as you said, Gary, that's one of our goals here on Search the Scriptures, is to try to help people and equip them in being able to make that proper choice when it comes to these eternal matters. Amen, Dennis. Boy, if we can help people get to heaven, that's, that's boy, we're, we're happy about that, aren't we? Absolutely. We rejoice. And getting to heaven is what it's all about. Sure is. Now, today we're going to close this rather short series of studies that we've been doing on three lines of sight. 
And we've talked about how people are looking for meaning in their life. They're looking for fulfillment, for that elusive happiness. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've spent some time talking about how people look in the wrong places. A lot mm-hmm. of times they don't even know what happiness they really should be looking for, I'm mm-hmm. afraid. Yes. But we've, we've discussed and we've tried to present three lines of sight that people mm-hmm. can use to find real happiness. Mm-hmm. I mean meaningful happiness and fulfillment for their lives, mm-hmm. meaning, purpose, hope, direction for their lives, enrichment. Yes. And that is if they'll first look upward mm-hmm. and recognize God as God Yes, in all of his glory and magnificence, mm-hmm. in his awesomeness, and recognize that he created them and they mm-hmm. need to submit to his will. Yes. Now, when they've done that, then they can begin to look inward. So they've looked upward. Now they're looking inward. And then they can develop that faith in God mm-hmm. that if they make the proper application to their lives, it will change their lives for the better. Yes, it will. It will give them that meaning and purpose and happiness and fulfillment mm-hmm. and direction. As they are baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins, their life changes. Yes. They become, as we saw in Ephesians 4 and verse 24 and 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, a new person, a new creation. Mm -hmm. Now, as they become Christians, they've looked upward, they've looked inward. Now, as a Christian, they need to look outward. Yes. And they've got to live that life. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not something that they can keep to themselves, compartmentalized in a box someplace and pull out at the appropriate times. No, they've got to live that Christian life every day, don't they? Absolutely. And there are a number of scriptures in the New Testament we could point to that tell us that very thing. Uh, One that comes to mind immediately is in Revelation 2, verse 10. And the last phrase of that verse tells us that we are to live a life that's faithful until death if we expect to receive the crown of life. No question about it. Mm-hmm. No question about it. We're to, be a, we're, we're to live a transformed life. Yes. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. Now, as we closed our program yesterday, we read Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, and I'd like for us to read that again today. And to set that that. that tone again. And, and here we're looking at looking outward from a little different perspective. Now, what we've been focusing on is we've got to look outward in that we've got to live that faithful life. We've got to be true to God. We've got to demonstrate through our faithfulness that we are Christians, mm-hmm. faithful to God. Now, we also need to look outward, live that life outwardly, because God expects us to be the right example to the world around us. Exactly right. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, what does that say? You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by man. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So we're to be seasoning salt. Mm -hmm. Now, not 
something called salt, but with not the properties, or but without the properties of salt, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be seasoning salt. Yes. We're supposed to make a difference for good, make things better. Mm-hmm. And we're to be light, not without batteries or a light bulb, <laughs> but we're to be light that shines forth as if we were a city built on a hill. Yes, light that is not covered. Light that can be seen from a far distance. Yes. And we're to purposely let our light shine Mm -hmm. so that others can see our good works, but not to give us glory, not to pat us on the back, not to give us praise, but so that God can be brought glory. That's right. People need to see Christ in us. That's a good way to put it. God designed Christianity that way. Mm -hmm. Now, Dennis, I know a lot of people would think, I don't want people looking at me. They don't need to be looking at me. They need to be looking at God. Mm -hmm. Well, they need to be looking to God. But God also has designed Christianity such that he wants them to see Christ in you. That's exactly the case. He wants them to look at you too if Mm -hmm. you claim to be a Christian. Absolutely. And it's important that you live up to that particular role model. Mm -hmm. We have a similar verse, a little bit more succinct, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Now in this one verse, it says essentially the same thing we read in verses 13 through 16 of Matthew chapter Mm 5. As I said, a little more succinct. But there he says we're to, be, we're to be shining light in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Mm-hmm. The crooked or perverse generation is the world in which we live. Mm-hmm. Every generation is crooked and perverse because yeah. of sin. Right. And we're to let our light shine so that that crookedness can get straightened out some. Mm-hmm as people see the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. The light of faithfulness to God Mm -hmm. and faith in God. That's right. As they see that in our lives, then some people will be influenced to start looking to that faith themselves. Yes, they will. And that's important. And again, that's how God has designed things. Now, Peter also writes along this line, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. There we read, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Again, very parallel to both Matthew 5, 13 through 16, and Philippians 2 and verse 15. Yes. Now, notice he says, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Who are the Gentiles there? Well, in the Jewish mind, it would be anyone who is not of Jewish heritage. And basic in that understanding or, or identity would be these people didn't believe in God. Yes, sinners. They were unbelievers, mm-hmm. basically. Yes. And so he says, your conduct needs to be honorable even among unbelievers. Correct. Among non-Christians. Mm-hmm. That when they speak against you as evildoers, 
put you down, criticize you, ridicule you. They may by your good works which they observe. Ah, so there's that openness again, that mm -hmm. visibility of your Christian life mm -hmm. that's supposed to be there. Yes. And the result is they may glorify God in the day of visitation. Right. Some people will pay attention to a Christian lifestyle, a faithful, dedicated Christian lifestyle that they see in us. They will. Now, once again, we're not to, to live that kind of lifestyle just to get praises and, and you know, self-glory. We're to live that faithful lifestyle so that God will be glorified. That's exactly the case. That lives can be changed be through, partially at least, through our example. Mm -hmm. That's right. And it needs to be that way. We need to recognize that living outwardly, looking outward, living this life can make a difference, can make a difference in, in the world. Yes, it can. You know, Dennis, I've said this a number of times. When a faithful, dedicated Christian is in a place, walks into a room, enters a setting, that place ought to be better just because they're there. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you know, you can, you can view that also, Gary, in light of what we read in Matthew 5, verses 13 through 16. Uh, we could say if we're the only Christian in a factory, we're the light in that darkness. Yes. If we're the only Christian medical professional working in a hospital, we're the light in that darkness. And it, it's the same thing that you mentioned. We should be making whatever place we are a better place because we're there. Absolutely. You know, I, I have done considerable reading about Christian medical people, mm -hmm. doctors and nurses, dentists and such, mm -hmm. and all uh, who, who will go into places on fairly short mission trips mm -hmm. But they'll, they'll carry their medical knowledge with them, and they'll treat people. Yes. But they're not there just to treat people. That's really secondary. Mm -hmm. They're there to open the door to presenting the gospel to those people. Yes, that's true. And so those people see a light mm -hmm. all of a sudden come into their lives that can change their lives. That's right. Uh, I've, I've read also of people who... Uh, will go into areas, remote areas, where they don't have fresh water mm -hmm. readily accessible. And they'll go in and they'll take, you know, a, I, I, maybe I shouldn't say a crude drilling rig, but uh, something that's fairly elementary, I guess, and, mm -hmm. and uh, fairly small, but very uh, productive, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they will drill a well yes. where there never had been a well. Yes. And all of a sudden, that place has access to fresh water. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, that is literally the difference between life and death for them because they'd been using, used to drinking water that was polluted, that was not mm -hmm. just polluted, I mean, by trash or something like that, but polluted by microorganisms that infect mm -hmm. their bodies and so on. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, they have fresh water. Yes, life-changing. Yes, but the real purpose of that, again, is not just to provide fresh water, mm -hmm. but it is to bring the light of the gospel to those people. 
Yes, it is. And many people's lives have been changed through that effort. They have. We need to look outward, Dennis, not just in being faithful ourselves and not just so that we can be the right example to others, but we also need to look outward from the standpoint of we need to carry the gospel message. Now, that's what those people were doing. Mm-hmm. They were carrying the gospel message. Right. I know I've been involved in, in a good deal of relief work uh, in South Louisiana in years gone by, and also some in, in southern Mississippi, as a result of uh, hurricanes and, and tropical storms, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and the opportunity is uh, there to help people with their physical needs momentarily and then have them open up their hearts to listen to the gospel message. That's right. You know, there's an entire congregation that I know of that is a good, vital, growing congregation this day because of doors of opportunity that were opened as a result of that kind of relief work mm-hmm. done 20 years ago. Yes, yes. And that's not the only example of such. No, I'm sure there are many others. Yes. So we need to reach out with the gospel message Mm -hmm. on purpose and with a purpose. Mm -hmm. We still need to remember that most people are lost Mm -hmm. in sin. Right. I know that's not the politically correct thing to say, but that is the fact of the matter. Mm-hmm. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20, Jesus told the apostles as Jesus was ready to ascend back to heaven to go out and make disciples everywhere. He did. We're told there, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Make disciples. Now that means not just getting somebody to say in an emotional moment, oh, I love the Lord. No, no, you've got to teach them the gospel. You've got to teach them the truth thoroughly enough that they understand that transformation that has to take place in their life. Right. They've got to surrender their will to God's will. They've got to turn away from sin. They've got to confess their Savior as their Savior and Lord and God's Son. They've got to surrender to Him in baptism for the remission of their sins. They've got to, as you said earlier, Revelation 2 and verse 10, be ready, be willing, be anxious to start to live that life of faithfulness until death. Mm-hmm. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 20, we read of an account of some of the apostles during a pretty trying time. Yes. What does that say there? For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Peter and John had been taken into custody in Jerusalem not very long after the church had been established on Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And here they were being warned and even threatened. Mm -hmm. You better stop teaching in the name of Jesus here. You better stop this gospel nonsense. Right. And Peter says, we can't, we can't stop. Yes. In verse 29 of that same fourth chapter of Acts, what do we read? Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. 
So they go back to the rest of the apostles. They tell them what happened. And now they pray. They're not praying for protection here. At least we don't read that, do we? No. Rather interesting that we don't. <laughs> They're praying for boldness yes. to keep teaching the gospel. That's right. And then in the fifth chapter, in verse 42, what do we read about the early church? And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Boy, daily in the temple and in every house. So mm -hmm. they were going around teaching the gospel. They were. On a regular, ongoing, aggressive, purposeful basis. Mm -hmm. Now we need to live our Christianity outward. We need to look outward. Mm -hmm. We need to carry the gospel message because once again, as Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, most people out there are lost in sin. That's true. In that text, we read the following. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. From the language he uses there, the indication seems to be that the great majority are lost. It certainly does. I, again, I know that's not the politically correct position to take, and it's not the politically correct thing to say. The Lord said it. I that's guess he right. wasn't very politically correct. <laughs> yes. And so we need to believe it, and we need to live like it's the truth. We do. And the, it seems like the small minority is what he's saying are going to be saved. Mm -hmm. I, would, I, I, I calculate that it's because most people will not surrender their will to the will of God. I'm afraid that's true. They may look upward and say, oh, there's God, I believe in God. But they don't look upward enough then to look inward and develop that saving faith, that obedient faith, that faith that will lead them to surrender their lives to their Lord and Savior in baptism for the remission of their sins. They, they, don't, they don't look up and, and surrender God, to God enough that they can then live that outward life of faithfulness mm -hmm. in Christ. Yes. We've got to go all the way. We do. We've got to live the life. Got to look upward. Got to look inward. And we've got to look outward. Well, I do hope and we pray that this series of studies has helped you in your personal spiritual life. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk with you about any questions you might have, and we'd love to study with you right from God's Word. We'd be glad to send you that Bible study absolutely free. Why don't you call us or contact us right now?